This is Greg Collins, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. I've got all kinds of great tips for you this week as I've just spent four days training as a teacher. And one of the topics was unconscious student bias. I thought I was doing pretty good, but we'll take a look at it and find out. Boy, oh boy, if there was ever a week where I could have a bloopers edition, this is it. I don't know why I can't get in my head how to pronounce the word conscious. There we go. I think I said it right that time. Conscious. I'll have to work on that one. That's That must be a Kentucky thing. I apologize for that. And also in that opening, which I think I recorded six or seven times, I said I think I did pretty good. Well, all my English teachers will tell me that should be pretty well, if I even use the word pretty for that matter. So I apologize for that opening. I'll do better in the future, I promise. This was a great week. Let me tell you before I get into it a little bit. In fact, this will lead to one of the things that we talked about at my school this week is the episodes that we were doing the last five weeks about the true student stories, they went real well, but it's interesting. The one that did the best was the one that had the word troublemaker in it. And in fact, one of our top five episodes ever is episode 10. And that is the one where we say there's a troublemaker in my class today. I have people tell me all the time that when they stumbled across the podcast and saw that title, that was the first episode they listened to. So it's listened to often. It's in the top five. I think it's actually number two. So that uh, that's a very popular episode. Let me tell you also that One thing we talked about in my school this week, we were sitting around around lunch and we were having a meeting with my fellow math guys. And I think there was some English, probably more friends than anything. So we were talking and they asked me if, you know, I think there was free food downstairs or something. And I was thinking about going by and getting, getting something to eat later. But I mentioned I wasn't going to eat right now because of intermittent fasting. And that has really caught on because there were, everybody in the room had heard of it. One of them was actively participating. The great thing about intermittent fasting is I do every day a 20-hour fast and a four-hour eating window in which I eat a lot. Now, another lady that I was talking to, she does four days of eating, three days of fasting. Now, when I say four days of eating, it's four days of eating three meals. So there's all kinds of different ways to do it. But I say all that to tell you We have a new episode in our top five. Go back to the one from about, it's probably about 10 weeks ago. I know it was around the end of when the pandemic started. So right around the end of March, the one where Jen Stevens introduces her new book, Fast Feast Repeat. That that episode is in our top five. So I know everybody's listening to it. And it was on Substitute Teacher's Lounge because she's a retired teacher. So we talked about 
if we have students that are interested in this, how we should approach it. You know, we need to talk to parents and all that type of issues. So go back to listen to that. Even maybe more importantly, we did a YouTube version. Our YouTube channel is also Substitute Teachers Lounge. That just cracked the 2,000 views mark. So that's good for a, a teacher-type channel with a subject of this type. So go by and look at it. It's not going to get millions of views, but I'm pretty darn proud of 2,000 views. So check it out, and that's what we did the last five weeks. So what an interesting week I have. I'll talk about some sports. I'll talk about some teaching. I might talk about the sports first because we'll just get it out of the way. It's kind of a short story. I was, you know, I'm a volleyball referee. I was looking forward to getting back to action while still keeping all the student athletes safe. And the Kentucky High School Athletics Association, which we call KHSAA, they decided Friday to continue a revised schedule. It's basically about a three-week delay. So schools could start practicing Monday, and first game would be on September 7th for those types of sports. Like Mainly, it's, I think it's soccer, football, and maybe uh, a volleyball that I do. So I was excited about that. Then one of the schools in our area, one of the big counties in our area, I should say, they decided to hold off on their Monday practice until they actually have a chance to talk about it in their own board meeting. So who knows? I was excited about getting games soon. Who knows? That's the biggest, second biggest county in the state, so we might still have issues there. But here's hoping, and, and as always, keep the athletes safe. This week, my first work day was Tuesday. Just to remind you, yes, I'm a substitute teacher. I applied for a job. It is essentially, as described by the superintendent, a full-time substitute teacher position. I've noticed that Probably half of the schools, I should say, in our area have posted these positions. And really, it's not, you know, I think I told you this last week, and this was wrong. It's not because they expect teachers to have to quarantine for 14 days on occasion. It's more because the students have to be broken broken down into smaller groups. And since there's going to be, for instance, it's going to take more groupings in the sixth grade than it would have last year because we're keeping the social distance, it requires more classrooms and more teachers. So this position, and of course, it's subject to be done away with after this first year. I'm okay with that. It's a little bit higher paying than a a regular substitute teacher gets on a daily basis. I'm excited that I chose one for a middle school that I had substitute taught quite often, and I'm I'm here to clarify that that's the reason. More, maybe the same amount of overall students in the sixth grade, but broken down, obviously, for health reasons into smaller classes. I will tell you that the school I am at does a really good job, even while it's just us teachers in the building, we are all required to take our temperature when we first walk in the door, we record it, we verify that we're there. There's even a way to do that electronically 
using a barcode and your telephone. So that was a really good system. I was excited to see that. But when I got there, I thought maybe, as I told you last week, that I perhaps would be teaching students virtually maybe all year while the other teachers would teach the students when they come back. Come back being we will begin the first week of September in teaching online, and then on September 28th, students, if they choose so, or if their parents choose so, will be back in the building with a mask rule, and there's quite a bit of health rules in place, social distancing, all of that good stuff. Lunch, lunches in the classroom rather than in a mass of, of students in a cafeteria all at one time. So all that is good from a safety standpoint. I did find out, though, when I got there, I am not going to be teaching virtual all year. I will, in fact, have a student load on September 28th as well. And I was kind of excited to hear that. You know, I get more out of it. I hope the students get more out of it face-to-face than simply seeing their faces on the computer screen through a Zoom-type situation. So I found that out. I think the best way to describe the whole week was... You know, just like for all teachers, a bit overwhelming, but yet exciting. We're not only preparing to teach students, we're preparing to teach students in a different way than we ever have before. So I am a full-time employee at that school, and I will be teaching math and a related arts technology-specific type class. So I was excited about that. You know, I I can't say enough about these wonderful teachers. They not only are great at teaching these kids, but I could not believe, maybe I should have. I mean, I've I've substitute taught for maybe 50% of the teachers in this school, and they've always been nice to me, but I just didn't notice how nice they were until this week. The degree of their niceness, I guess, is the best way to say it, because they really went out of their way, and it was natural. They made me feel so welcome. I just, I was overwhelmed by how welcome they made, made me feel. There's teachers that say, I'm glad we have somebody else in the hallway. It'll be good to come down and share ideas from time to time, or just talk through things, or just talk socially from time to time. So, it was outstanding being able to meet this these teachers. Some of them I know from both teaching and volleyballs and all kinds of sports. So it was very exciting for me to get started in that way. The only unusual thing that I had to try to do is to take two and a half days of training basically without being recognized yet email-wise through the school system. Now, I know a lot of you substitute teachers, you're well aware of Google Classroom. A lot of teachers will assign lessons to their student in that way when you're going to be a substitute. So basically, you just have to walk around, see if they need help, and make sure that they get their work done and they're not on other computer-related tabs that they shouldn't be. So you're familiar with it from that standpoint. I had to become familiar with it. I'm not going to say a whole lot of it to, about it today. I want that to be a separate episode. So 
I will say that basically I learned enough to know how to create a class. I know that once I am assigned my student load, I, I will sync that to Google Classroom. It's really pretty amazing once you get your email for the school system. You go through Google to get your mail, and everything you do goes through Google. So we have documents that we're sending to the students. That goes through Google. You set up your classrooms. That goes through Google. Even if you find a classroom, a class situation, the link gets posted to Google for your students to see. So they have quite the uh, routine going on with the school system. So, but it, man, it really flows so smoothly since our emails are synced together. I'll give you an example because I got, I know you're getting this on Sunday. I'm recording it on Saturday. I got an email from one of the teachers this morning that said, please look at this schedule of teachers. Make sure that I've got your periods, your subjects, and the classroom codes that the students will need. She's sending them this chart. Once I opened her attachment, all I had to do is edit it for mine and, and just close the email. And because this goes to our Google Drive, and you know, you, you're familiar with the cloud concept, it essentially is in a Google Cloud. And it's updated for everyone. So we're all sharing things. So that was one thing that I really like about how the Google systems work. So basically everything that we do will be linked together and we can even automate the way some of the grades are calculated and have that feed right into the uh, in infinite campus program, which is where the students are loaded, where we take attendance and grade and all that good stuff. Another teacher taught one of the training sessions. There's some that we could choose from, some that we went to that were required for everyone, and then some we had kind of a smorgasbord list of classes we could take. So I went to one on how to set up Bitmoji, how to set up my Bitmoji, and how to then create a virtual classroom. And, you know, for some reason, guys tend to think, well, why do I need to do all that? It's so cartoony and all that kind of thing. But, man, I enjoyed that so much and realized after I'd had exposure to it how important it is for the kids to see you in that way. So I would encourage all of you, if you haven't already, go to our Facebook page, also called Substitute Teachers Lounge. I've posted examples of the Bitmoji that I created for myself. It's really pretty easy. Now, I'm not going to talk about this too long because a lot of you know how to do this already, but you really do the Bitmoji through your phone. I started by taking a selfie, and since it made me look too young, I actually added some wrinkles and increased the size of my nose. How do you like that? So I created a Bitmoji, and then I created a virtual classroom, which you can do through the slides part of Google similar to a PowerPoint. That's what it reminds me of. But it it's just kind of a homey way to present yourself and kind of a socially feel-good stuff. I created a room with a window and a whiteboard in it. I'm a big video game fan, so I created my Bitmoji coming out of a pipe like Mario used to do in the Mario games. So I made it as... Student welcoming, I guess, is the best way to say it. I made it in that way so that they would feel good about going to that virtual classroom 
I'll eventually have a page that will tell them what their assignment is for the day. So I really like part of it. So all the Google Classrooms, everything that was taught to me this week was absolutely excellent. So I wanted to make sure you're aware of that, and I'll be talking about it again in the future. And it's good information for teachers and substitute teachers because we all need to be familiar with that. Let me spend the rest of the time talking about probably the most personally meaningful class that we had. It had to do with unconscious student bias. And, the you know, it, it made you think about things that you never had really thought about. Now, I will use this phrase that I do not feel that I am a racist. I don't think I'm a racist at all. I have shared stories with you in the past that I know there was a situation. I don't even remember the school, but it was a situation with students that I had had before. So they already knew me. I had heard of something, somebody had given one of the teachers a hard time, and I said, you know, I I never understood, guys, why would you give that teacher a hard time? And one of the students, one of the minority students, actually told me, well, we like you, Mr. Collins. Well, I didn't want to get into that part of the conversation, but I did want to point out that even though that was a person, a minority person, they they felt comfortable with me. They they told me that they did not feel I was racist in any way. I went to a basketball game one time for one of the schools, and I noticed one of the first people that came up to me that was part of the ball game was an African-American student that I had had. And I was thankful for that, maybe maybe too thankful, because maybe I made myself think that I'm doing a good job of not being racist when maybe I wasn't think of thinking of some of the unconscious things that we do from time to time. So I was really glad for this class because we need to concentrate so much on to treating all these students equally. And let me give you a great story and one that's going to be surprising to you. At least I think it will be. It was surprising to me. The presenter of the class, it was actually a video, the presenter of the class who was unbelievably excellent in the way he presented this. I can't remember what city he was in, whether it was a smaller area or a bigger area. I do know he was originally from Milwaukee. I remember him saying that. But he said the people creating this program to train teachers, they designed an answer an essay answer to a question as if it had come from a student. They did it in kind of a sloppy fashion, in a way that wasn't written very well, had a lot of problems with it. And some of the teachers, they said, came from a white student, and some of the teachers were told that the essay came from an African-American student And I think some of the others were told they might have come from another minority type student. So what they, you know, what I was expecting to then hear him say was that the teachers would grade the ones they thought came from a minority student tougher than the ones that came from a white student. Well, what actually happened, and I'm sure some of you have already figured this out, 
the white student, the ones that thought it was a white student, graded it in such a way that they graded it lower but included more notes to the student. The ones that came from minorities, they graded higher with fewer notes. Now, the observation is that if we're not careful, teachers can sometimes assume that maybe the minorities will struggle with some of the things taught more than the non-minorities. And for that reason, they treat them more differently when they grade the sheets. Now, that said, that was really a humbling thing to hear. So it's difficult sometimes to realize that we'd sometimes do things unconsciously. We want to think we're the best for all students, but we have to be aware that we got to figure a way when we can just look through the color of any student and teach them all the same. So I think that was a great lesson for us. The other example that I'll bring up, he was mentioning at one school that there was a prize they gave every month to the student of the month. And one of the minority students, or maybe it was a minority teacher, they pointed out that for the last, I think it was 16 months, school months, that they had awarded a white student that. So the point that the student was trying to make with the administrator was, don't you think that any, even one of the minority students might have been qualified for the student of the month? And then the administrator said, you know, you're so correct with that. I'm so sorry. And for the next four months, a minority student was the student of the month every month. Well, guys, that's probably not the solution either. Instead, we consciously need to make sure we are doing our jobs as teachers and substitute teachers to look out over our classroom and look at every student in the exact same way. Now, I know what I would try to do the times that I was a long-term sub and maybe I was grading tests. I would try my best to ignore all the names while I was grading just so I could make sure I was grading everybody with the same mindset. Now, of course, I'm talking more about essay questions. I wanted to make sure everybody was treated fairly. You know, I really need to make sure that I provide the equal amount of help. I remember a scene from Remember the Titans where, if you remember, it was an integration-type football movie, and they brought in a an African-American head coach to coach with the white coach that was still there. They demoted him because they had to get them integrated. And the white man went out of his way to take up for one of the African-American players that the African-American coach had yelled at. And the coach went over and said, man, don't do that. He said, I don't see you helping out any of the white players that I fuss at. You chose only to do that to the African-American player. So the bottom line is here. We need to treat our students unconsciously 
as if they're all one and the same. Treat them equally in every regard. Make sure that we don't overexpect, underexpect, overgrade, undergrade, overhelp, underhelp. Just make sure we help everyone, evaluate everyone, and treat everyone as equal as we possibly can. We need to make sure that everything we do is with the concept of overcoming unconscious student bias. That was an absolutely excellent program that we went to. I would encourage you all to do that. I didn't do it justice here. I would enc- There's plenty of items out there that you can read. Make sure you're under a school, an educational type website when you look it up because you're going to find a lot, lot of things if you just type the phrase into Google. A lot of it negative, uh, very negative. A lot of it very critical. We want to instead approach it from a standpoint in which we can learn. So it was an absolutely great week for me. Yes, I am still a substitute teacher. Yes, all the teachers out there are still more important than me because they are in charge of their departments. They have to be responsible for for what I do. So I am going to try my best to go out of my way to make them happy and do my job effectively. I hope all of you are in a situation where if you're not back to school yet, you're planning to go back to school. I think there have been close to 10 positions of my type posted in our area. I think I might have been the first one filled in the county. Uh, Me and another lady, there's two of them at the location I'm at. So I'm thankful to have that opportunity means a little bit more money as well than the straight substitute rate, so that's okay. I would have done it either way because I love those kids so much. So I hope this episode meant a lot to you. The great thing is we're getting back into school-type situations. I'm going to have something brand spanking new to share with you every week now. Remember, email me, gregcollinssubstitute at gmail.com. Facebook page again is Substitute Teachers Lounge. Twitter is at Subteach Lounge. My Instagram is Substitute Teachers Lounge. I post there quite often, trying to get it to grow a little bit for that one. So, and go back and listen to that Jen Stevens video. It's top five now. It's got over 2,000 listens on the YouTube channel. So, Make sure you go back. I wish you the best this week. I hope you're getting all the substitute jobs and ideal situations that you want. We will see you next week on Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.